1: What
2: is up, football fans? Oh. This is Danny Austin. This is the live from the 55 podcast. I don't know that I love the way I did What Is Up, Football Fans. That's not normally how I do it, but we're coming at you, guys. Here we are in our Martellip studios, Calgary, Alberta, Canada. It is Sunday night. We are about, what I'd say, 20 minutes, half an hour removed from the Montreal Elouettes, beating the Calgary Stampeders 25 18. Stamps are now dropped to two and five. They have four incredibly tough games. I got Ian Busby coming in. We had a lot to talk about. Um, I do not think it is inconceivable that the stamps are two and nine going into the Labor Day Classic. I don't think it's inconceivable that the Edmonton Alex will not have won a game. In fact, I think that's likely uh wow, the big game of the year. The the All Alberta tilt. And it would be a two-and-nine team against an Owen oh whatever team. We'd hate to see that. I hope that's not how this plays out. But this is part of why we said, we've been saying for weeks, that we thought that last weekend against the Ottawa Red Blocks was such a huge game uh, for these Calgary Stampeders. They needed to get to 500. They needed to get to 3-3 three and three at the time. Instead, they lost in overtime. And then, ultimately tonight, they had a chance to tie it. They had a chance to send it to overtime. They were down there. They were what? Let's take a look at this. They were quite literally on the Montreal... Ten yard line. They just needed to, you know, get a first down. Get three yards. And they couldn't. They went for the end zone. Uh Jake Mayer did not connect with Luther Hakanavanu. Montreal note twice. That's all she wrote. 25-18. Um, just I gotta tell you, I watched this game with Ian Busby, with uh with my friend and yours, John Bender, watched with a couple, you know, former stamps, alumni. Um, watch with a lot of with a great little crowd people were really excited and it was an exciting game and this has been the thing i know fans are frustrated but what stamps have been in every single game there is an argument that look how close they are every single game but there's the can argument and i understand the frustration settling setting in right now i hear it from everywhere believe me my twitter is a nightmare i'm not looking forward there are a bunch of people who just email me um Appreciate them, guys. Keep hitting me up. I, I mean, I can't do anything, can't make any changes. But um, there is frustration with this team. I will say my main takeaways from this game. I thought that the defense was borderline excellent. Um, Look, the Alouettes only scored one touchdown. It was a pick six. It was a Jake Mayer interception that they ran back into the end zone, got the seven points. That ended up being the difference in this game. Otherwise, what did both teams kick six field goals? Yeah. Um, You know. You're you can't put this on the defense. There were some big plays that I didn't love. I will say there was a huge um defensive pass interference call on Jonathan Moxie. In my mind, the receiver's not catching that ball. I don't know why that is always called in this league. It's like any contact on the receiver, and we just automatically say it's DPI. I hate it. Um, I think it's honestly it's lazy refereeing and lazy officiating, but Whatever. That's not what made the difference. That's not the difference maker in this game. Nor was the rough in the passer penalty on Mike Rose late in the fourth quarter. I did not like that call. If I'd be honest with you, I thought that there was a makeup call late in the fourth. The Stamps got a second shot at, at ultimately tying this up. Uh, I didn't like that. Didn't particularly like that call. I just don't know. You're defensive lineman. You're trying to bust through your O lineman and you hit the quarterback after the play. I don't think those are automatically for me rough in the passer. Uh, I know we're trying to protect our quarterbacks and the quarterbacks around the league have been going down and getting hurt. Cody Fajardo certainly looked like he was playing uh, playing as damaged goods for much of the game today. But look, those penalties, although I will say, sorry, allow me to interrupt myself. Those penalties, you look at it and what? The Stamps had seven for 98. The Alouettes had five for 60 yards. I, I, I do think that there were a couple big moments with the stamp stick penalties that they just couldn't take and it it really hurt them um you know there were weird penalties there was what an illegal participation call on try Stokes, which i honestly this is why i like being in the stadium this is why i like covering games live i don't really understand what happened on that play um but I, i'm not saying it was a bad call it probably was the right call i'm sure it was the right call i'm not trying to say that i'm just saying that penalties hurt the samson and then ultimately look i i can't what am i gonna say um i like jake mayer I have advocated again and again, and I will continue to advocate that with young quarterbacks, you know, there's a learning curve in this league. You have to be patient. You look around the CFL; I think it's typically not 25, 26 year old quarterbacks who are who are dominating. It hasn't been this year. Vernon Adams in his 30s. This is the point that Jeff uh, Hamilton made very early in our little run here at Live from the 55. You look at Zach Caleros. You look at Trevor Harris. You know these guys. Often can play into their late 30s, but they're not they're not finished products. And I feel bad for Jake. And no one wants me to feel bad for Jake. No one wants to hear, oh hey, give, you know, treat Jake like a human. You look at the stat line, 24 or 44. They did 24 or 44 passes for 256 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. It's not it's not great. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's great. Um, it ultimately that pick six is the difference between you know, winning and i guess tying um we're going to overtime in this game i understand people late in the game questioning some of some of where the ball went particularly on that final drive after tommy lewis had an amazing return to give them a chance i get it i understand it with why people are frustrated with jake i will continue to say guys who else who else are you gonna go get the lions aren't trading today and dane evans get used to it this is jake we are have to watch him Grow and progress, hopefully. And to be honest, I think that we've seen lots from Jake over his CFL career that suggests he is absolutely capable of doing it. I consider myself to be a fan of jake Mayer. I consider myself to be um a believer of Jake Mayer. It's not happening the way you want it to right now. Uh these turnovers, look, it's the turnovers, it's the interceptions. And we saw it with Bo last year. Um, they're just too many. And there and I I don't know what has to happen uh for them to stop. I don't know if that's fully on Jake. I don't know if that's on the play calling. I don't know. You no, know, there's some busted routes out there. Um, it's not working, and right now the stamps are two and five. Now, are we like games? The games aren't played on paper. Um, Toronto. Let's. I'm just gonna pull up the stamp schedule. Um, I know what it is for the most part. I believe it is Toronto, BC, Winnipeg, Toronto. Um, but I want to make sure I don't get any of those wrong. Um, Toronto, Calgary. Next Friday, that's a huge game, obviously, against an undefeated opponent, the Grey Cup champion, Toronto Argonauts. Their head coach is your former back coach. Their defensive coordinator is your former defensive line coach. They've got a receivers coach in Pete Costanza, former guest, friend of the pod, um, who's obviously here, Josh Bell. Like, you go up and down the roster. There's so many former stamps there. You know that they're coming into Calgary with a chip on their shoulder. wanting to prove wanted to prove something that's a that's a huge game for the argos it's a huge game for the stamps um are you picking the stamps to win i i I doubt it um i guess there are questions about chad kelly i don't really think there are questions about chad kelly um but after that you're going to bc a bc team that shot out god that was depressing the edmonton elks second time this season 27 nothing uh the Lions are cruising, man. That defense is really good. Um, and for a stamps offense that right now has questions, that is going to be a challenge. I, I will be honest with you. I didn't everyone says, oh, Jake's bad under pressure. Jake's bad under pressure. I don't say that. Um, Jake was under too much pressure um this week. I, I honestly thought that guys were getting on him awful quick, way more than I would have liked. So that is a very good BC Lions defensive line. I, I think that they're gonna cause trouble. That's that's a tough game in Vancouver on August 12th. Then it's Winnipeg at At Calgary, Winnipeg has absolutely basically dominated this, like, quote-unquote rivalry um, since 2019 with the Stamps. This is, you know, that's – it may be at Calgary. The Bombers may be old. Um, I shouldn't say old. They might be getting on in years. They might not quite be the same sprightly team as we saw, but that's a tough game. And then if you're the Stampeders, you are going then to Toronto August 25th. yeah, we, what what more can you say? That's just that's the that's the toughest stretch I could give you, other than all those games being on the road, I guess. Um, but that is as hard a stretch of games that the CFL could hand out hand out to the Calgary Stampeders. And the reality is, I mean, I think that the Ottawa Redblocks and Montreal Alouettes are lesser teams than any of those, and they gave the stamps all that they could handle. This is it's weird. You you just look and it's like, well, the twenty four eleven loss to Winnipeg. 25-15 loss. But other than that, I mean the Stamps beat the Red Blacks in week two, lost by a field goal to the Riders in week three. Week six, they win by two. Week seven, they lose in overtime. Week eight, they lose by a touchdown. I mean, they're they're in the games. They're everyone's saying oh give up hope. Well, these are not the Edmonton Elks. Boy is that a difficult situation uh we are obviously going to i've got ian coming in here we are going to talk a lot of stamps um but this is we do attempt to make this a little bit of a you know round up episode uh we're not going to go on for i'm not going to go on solo for a whole lot longer because why would i it's more fun when i've got someone to chat with um yeah ian was working today met him at a pub like he had a beer i drank more water i hiked today i hiked up a Hiked up a mountain, trying to get back in shape, guys. Trying to look good for the life of the 55 audience. Um, but yeah, I don't know, looking around You got Hamilton beating Ottawa, 1612. Of course, Bully Rye Mitchell gets injured on the final drive. We're gonna talk about that. I tend to just not think that that was nearly as big a deal. Uh then you got the Toronto Argonauts, you know, just just I don't even say massacring, massacring, because that's not really true, but you know, laying a beating on the Saskatchewan North Riders 3113. Um the Argers are the best team in the league the Rough Riders yeah they gotta they gotta figure some things out quarterback question for a lot of teams around the league um arguably seven of the nine uh and then honestly you had Saturday night BC Lions 27 Edmonton Elks zero um the game made me really sad and depressed you know I don't. I I didn't grow up at the Calgary Edmonton rivalry, so it might just not mean quite as much to me as it does to other people. But um, this is not easy seeing what's happening at Edmonton. That's an important market for the CFL. Uh, that's a great sports market. It just it 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 something has to change. And I know everyone's like, oh, there's a coaching cap. I'm not gonna call for <laughs> Chris Jones to be fired or anything like that. But honestly, if if it's the coaching cap that's preventing it from happening, Randy has my permission get rid of the coaching cap for one team and not the other eight just do it i don't know we got to fix this get it fixed it's not fair but life's not fair things are hard Ian besby has just walked in we're gonna get set up here and we're gonna go all right guys before we get going i gotta Busby here but it's important that i really quickly talk about my favorite charcuterie spot you know it's not even close it's number one bite with it with a bullet um delicious elevated cheese charcuterie Made with fresh artisanal provisions front of demand grades. What more can you ask for? Um, I love Fraser and Fig. Honestly, like I really do. I've said this many times. Uh, we were with John Bender today. I will say that I was hiking with uh, my dear friend, Kami Kepke, today. And she said that there's no way that we are eating charcuterie on air without her. So I believe Oh
0: really. So now it's become a buffet of, of well, Calgary media. People. I can't
2: think of anywhere. I'd right. rather get a buffet than Fraser and Fig. That would Ready be. to go. Cheese and charcuterie boxes curated with local and artisanal ingredients. They got four sizes. We're going to get the big one. They suit every occasion. Let me finish um, all boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, carrots. Their selections vary month to month. All the choices, you know, you can you can do all sorts of different things year round switch every month try 12 a year try more than 12 year do whatever you want the point is i love Fraser and fig they're a great sponsor i super appreciate them and i'm very happy to have them and we are going to um have a game we for those watching on youtube but i have one of the things i figured out is that whoever is further back our heads look more normal says. So like if I move up, I look like I have an enormous head. Um, This is great
0: radio, by the way. Yeah. For those people listening on podcast. Anyways, Ian. (laughs) um, (laughs) Okay. We'll try to be at the same level then. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing. If you wait until to do this big charcuterie board feast and everything, you're going to have everybody by the end of the season, everybody's going to want to be on board. And it's just going to be like walking around this giant party. It's going to be like a wedding party like uh, that many people like this is going to be massive
2: if i if yeah. i went to a wedding party and it was, Fraser and was there, Fra- yeah, I'll it'd be, be great I'll
0: be i'm saying this is this is, sounds like a great idea but how how much do you want to let this build all the way to the end of the season and then it's just going to be like the biggest <laughs> biggest bash for for
2: like like literally i intend on doing it every time that i say i'm doing it next episode i actually mean it it's it's just it's been a wild time um ian busby yes I said this in the intro. It is impossible right now. I am just, I have to respond on some level to what the fans are talking about. That is part of the job.
0: Um, I haven't looked yet. Uh, Yes. I know what we were talking about while watching this game. So uh, it's... uh, Jake Mayer,
2: 24 of 44, 256 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. I think there is more going on with this team than Jake Mayer's performance. Jake Mayer himself said after the game against Ottawa, there are too many turnovers, too many interceptions.
0: And turnovers um, was the exact thing that got him this one and not being able to punch the ball in the end zone. So that bagel in the touchdown column and the two in the interception column, that's the entire story right there. It was a pick six the other way. How many times are you're going to win games when you're giving up pick sixes, you can't give up pick sixes. It's just, and especially early. And it was the whole di- difference of the entire game was they were always Montreal Alouettes were always up a touchdown because of the pick six. Look at the defense. The, the Montreal Alouettes also had zero touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: the defense. Six. The defense played exceptionally well. I thought, um,
0: you know, because the the Alouettes had a good attack against them. They kept moving the ball, but then they shut it down and forced field goals. Six field goals for each team and a pick six. No offensive touchdowns. And uh, that, that I mean, it's the biggest part of this game. It's
2: tough, and I don't think that this is how the coaches necessarily break down. Um, games when they when they come and look at it it's just it is so hard to not look at look at this game and say well these teams were nearly identical yeah uh and the only difference was those was those interceptions now i will also say uh i'm repeating myself a little bit from what we said in the intro i do think that seven penalties for 98 yards versus five for 60 and i think that there were a number of those penalties when the stamps got into um Enemy territory. Yes, and it kind of took them out.
0: And it felt like every penalty and was, killed drives was a key penalty. Like, yeah, they extended drives on Montreal with or were very questionable, roughing the passer call on Mike Rose late in the game, and then that was
2: given back though. That's my issue. It was like, yeah, it was I, given back
0: on the next drive, but it was again, it was just like it felt like a killer at the time. And then when you get into the like inside the ten and take two penalties to put yourself in a second and very long to get to the end zone, that. Those were crushing penalties and just ones that, you know, a, a team, a third of the way into the season, more than a third of the way into the season, you've got to start cleaning that stuff up and not allowing that to happen. So you can't, yeah, when, when, when you're having a hard time scoring, you can't put yourself in a worse position just by making a mistake. Well, a and lead, the, like substitution and that type of stuff. That's, that's not St. Peter's way very often.
2: No. Um, and I—that's I, why I'm, I'm bringing it up to say that this was not as simple as Jake Mayer threw no. two interceptions, uh, one of which was a pick six, and it lost them the game. It, it is not as simple as that. Are do you you have watched? I, to be honest, what's wild is I've, I've covered the Stampeders for for seven years, uh, mm. started in 2016. Now last year was sort of the start of the quarterback transition. So I, I did cover that. Uh you in your time covering the Stan Peters covered several, I do believe, right? I mean, yeah. you you went for well, you can I mean, go they, through it, but
0: like the only real transition that I was covering was well, from Burris to Drew Tate, because when it was just a, a mess before that, and you know, they they had the Dickinson era t- two thousand 2000, he was coming back in 2003. He went to BC and didn't come back to Calgary. They had a flux of quarterbacks. So this is the, like this kind of the second big one that I've, you know, third, I guess, because then it was like over to Kevin Glenn and Drew Tate. I consider that to be one little era. And then from Drew Tate over to, to completely, to Bo Levi Mitchell. So then it was like, okay, so those transitions, this one is obviously going to have some growing pains and the last one did, but what happened was. Drew Tate came in and uh, was hurt a lot. And Kevin Glenn was the guy taking over. So it was not a, like a, like a quick transition to a new player. And then the other one was Drew, Bo Levi Mitchell coming in and we knew we've said this before on this podcast that that was just a, a meteoric rise. Like Nobody else has had that type of start of career that Bo, Bo had and nobody should be well, held to that standard. But you're seeing like ups and downs, and you expect this with a young young quarterback: ups and downs. Um, Just a couple of bad mistakes today, and I I just.
2: But it's my pertinent question because when you talk about Drew Tate, Drew Tate, that was not a a a straight line when Drew Tate sort of took over from Henry Burris. It did not always go smoothly. Um, I mean, the team was never actually went anywhere. It never actually went anywhere. But there was a there there is an important distinction there that you brought up, which is that they had a veteran. Established CFO quarterback in Kevin Glenn waiting in the wings. Yes. Um I, people can email me, tweet me, say whatever they want. Um, stamps don't have another option. No, like I no, it, it's it's, no. it's I I mean you can say, Oh, I, I loved what Tommy Stevens did. 31 yard um yeah, run today. Play, that yeah. was a great play. Uh obviously when he was called on, he he got the yards he needed, but like we we haven't seen any indication that he can actually throw the throw ball. the ball. Yeah. Um, and then you have you know a, a couple of guys who are what two months into their into their cfl careers who none of us know know yeah. a damn thing about dave dickinson i asked him um i'm not saying that to be like oh I asked him, but i did ask him yeah. uh, at the end of last season i said hey look we all know bo's leaving is it a priority to have a a veteran proven cfl backup right and he said of course now the problem is there aren't. Where are you
0: going to get those guys? Well, right? yeah.
2: those guys are starters now, yeah. right? I mean, Nathan Rourke left, so Aaron Adams Jr. is the starter in yeah. BC. They got Man. Dane Evans. They're the only ones who actually managed to do it.
0: Well, and the thing is, because they have been paying guys so much less, they could actually go out and I think they made the best offer for Dane Evans. I think that was what it came down to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, they also had to trade for him, which is what they did so but i it's it's a difference there right it's yes now
2: i think that there would be nothing better for jake mayer's development than to have yes uh, a kevin glenn Glenn help like working in the room doing all that i i am still a believer that jake mayer is is ultimately the quarterback of the future of the calgary stampede um I, i genuinely believe that and i think he is going through some growing pains and a tough stretch and i just don't think that we are used to young quarterbacks anymore and having to give them time um typically like your average young quarterback like if you look at dane evans when he came in yeah Dane evans came in because he was forced in so there was a little bit of well you're not the starter so even when you make mistakes we're yeah, gonna it's, it's you're easier, not it's easier to you're filling in for mazzoli exactly it. well i'm talking like dane evans when he broke in and yeah, like uh, initially Hamilton, yeah. yes um it was like well you're not mazzoli so mistakes are understandable you're the backup you're just being forced into playing Typically I I don't think that we've seen a lot of young quarterbacks in in recent years succeed while throwing into the starting yeah. starter position. Now, Chad Kelly, like everyone yells at me that Chad Kelly's not young even yeah. though like guys, I'm using it like it's I'm using it because he's a first-year starter. Like I know he's not young. He's also an SEC quarterback. Um like I, I just think that ultimately, like, we are seeing the growing pains that come with, with with a young quarterback. And I think Jake would be the first to admit that he's not playing his best and that he's not playing well enough for this team to win. But until, honestly, there are people who just seem to delight right now in just saying, Jake sucks, Jake sucks, Jake sucks. It's like, yeah, well, you're not offering a single okay, alternative so, or a solution. So this
0: is what I was hearing back in 2005 when Henry Burris came in. And it was Henry Burris's kind of first real, you're the number one guy season. And he had been in the like in the late nineties with Calgary, he goes to Saskatchewan. He starts for one year. He throws like 25 interceptions. Everybody says, Oh yeah, he's got a lot of potential. Then he goes to the NFL for a couple of years, comes back to Saskatchewan. He doesn't get the neon. They picked neon green. They didn't give him the starting job. They picked Neilon green instead of him. They, he, he signs with Calgary as a free agent and comes in and then then all year all through to 2005, it was, are we sure that Henry Burris has it? Are we sure that he's going to be the guy in the future? It was like, well, we don't know, but we, everything is, it just feels like it's there. There's little things that show you that you have to have confidence. You have to have patience and look what, how that turned out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but again, when a lot of these times, it's like when Dane Evans came in a couple of years ago, that team was solid top to bottom. That was a fifteen win team not by accident The stamps
2: are not solid top to bottom they idea. are
0: not solid top to bottom and i think we can find all the flaws within this team and you it's evident when you're watching them play there's just little things missing and it's not all the quarterback
2: it's of course it's not all the quarterback and i will say that to be honest i like i felt like jake was under more pressure than he would have liked oh today. There, was, I thought. There,
0: was, there was a lot of pressure tonight
2: yeah, yeah. i don't know that I think that one of the criticisms of Jake is that people don't love the way he handles the pressure. And that is fine. But like honestly, guys, your average CFL quarterback, we're not gonna love the way they handle pressure. Yeah. Um, like I love the way Patrick Mahomes handles pressure. Yeah, That's well, it. That's definitely. I love the way to be fair, I love the way Zach Caleros handles pressure yeah. um in general. But I will say, so I'm I wanna just quickly like stick with the offense. I will say, um, man reggie Bagleton, hell of a game yes. um some absolutely incredible catches i when, do when they
0: needed a big play he was there for it and it was a couple of times i looked at you and it was like yeah Bagleton, like, go to Bagleton on second and i down and you just needed the first down." almost down. every time
2: i thought yeah. trey odoms dukes was also i mean so like i'm just it. i'm basically just looking saying, "Here's who's that yeah, um, both had eight catches each yeah.
0: like that's that's a lot of catches for um, your inside guys right so, yes
2: um the way they use the The run was a little strange but it wasn't really working so i think they got away from it and then you said it i mean there was a play like it was very late and clearly the play was breaking apart so jake just kind of threw it off to to mills and it looked i thought they were going to lose yardage on that play and
0: he just broke tackles to make
2: exactly um
0: and but here's the thing like and we were saying this during the game hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th Do you want to tell people the big news
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Jake like, can see that he's got some open yardage and he, he's indecisive. And then he just like, he kind of pumps and then he like dumps it off. right? And the receiver's like, I'm covered, like run. And everyone in this building is expecting him to run because he's got yardage to get a few yards, just push the ball downfield. Mm-hmm. And there's something in that he's just got that one step of indecisiveness where he, he can roll out, pump fake, the defense is kind of okay, are you running or not? I'm like that's when he's got a go. And he's not doing that. And it's it's a part of this, I think he wants to get his receivers the ball and let them make the plays, but he's got to just take the first down and reset yep. and go again. And it it was frustrating to see him a couple of times. It happened, I, I would say, three times tonight. It was just no, like, you pointed oh, out to me when we we'll were watching pull it. Pull it down and run. Like, just go. And
2: and, and, and
0: then on the next drive, Fajaro would do that. And you were like, this is the difference between the, you know, a guy who's got a few more years on him.
2: I will say that I'll completely opposite a little bit, I guess, alternative. On that last drive, and I, I don't come in here and question play calling because coaches are smart. Every football coach is smarter about football than me. Yeah. So I, I honestly, like, you'll never hear me do it. They did after Tommy Lee Lewis got them that return to get them yeah. into the range.
0: I felt like the, the play that was going to get them to tie and send this And It just felt overtime. like you had
2: you still had about 40 seconds on the clock and they just they went deep, yeah, like and at it, least two it, times in a row, yeah. possibly three. It
0: was, they, they went deep a lot and it was, it was like there's lots of time on the clock. I, know, I don't know why yeah. they went
2: didn't go underneath, yeah, I like and no, I don't, I don't know what the, what the look that the defense was giving was. And, and I genuinely don't know.
0: Literally saw guys open and
2: yeah, I just it was just didn't
0: connect, but it, it felt like you guys don't need to get like there's 40 seconds in the CFL is a long period of time. When we were with like, <laughs> when you got 35 yards, you're just like, slow down, like, slow it down. You don't need to worry.
2: Like, we're, we were with a former CFL who's we're not going to name, not John Bender, that's not who I'm saying. John Bender, we were also with, yeah. who like was very adamant that there was. That there was passing in some of those plays yes. and if the stamps had still had their um had their challenge they they would have used it however had the Stamps still had their challenge they likely would have used it on the micros yes. roughing the passer play earlier yeah. um okay i want to again because i i think it's important that we not just talk Stamps. it's very funny i my plan for this was the sunday show to be the like wrap up of the whole week of the yeah. whole week and then we just and had games on sunday we just had Stamps games on sunday so. so, really fresh in our minds. um Ultimately, like what? We like Tommy Lewis. I thought that the defense did great. Um, yeah. I I will say this again. I just think that the officials need to do a better job of figuring out, was the ball catchable before you call defensive pass interference? I'm so sick of these calls. I'm not, they go against the stamp sometimes, they go for the stamp sometimes. If the receiver can't catch the ball, it shouldn't be DPI. It's, yeah. it's outrageous and I just hate it. This has been going on for years and years and years and years. Um, last thing I'm going to ask Actually, you know, it's not the last thing I'm going to ask about the Stamps. I am going to quickly say I expect Kadeem Carey back next week. I don't know that Kadim Carey makes a big enough difference over um, Diedrich Mills that that's necessarily going to, you know, transform the entire season. Can they
0: the season. Mills on the roster with Kadim
2: Carey Going to be question. very curious to see. Um, it was just such a weird week. James Fodder being added. I mean, look, he's done for the season. I don't know why. That's been told. I've been told that. Um, obviously, everything happened with Jager Davis.
0: Yeah, that was a... <laughs> It was weird. They could have the fact your, that we're okay.
2: not talking about that right now, we're just like sort of moving past it is crazy because that was a really big story. Yeah. It's all I basically wrote again, about the, this week. the
0: defense was not the issue tonight, so. Uh, no.
2: Yeah. um, No. And it's just, I don't know. I look, they, they've got 13 guys on the sixth game, although they haven't actually updated some of this because they still have, I don't know. Let's just move on. Um, late, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> There's something strange going on online associated with the CFL. Uh, <laughs> I, no, it's not point out I will say far. credit to them. The stats worked live. Um, last question on the stamps.
1: The
0: I said it on, on the online
2: <laughs> Toronto at home, BC and Vancouver, Winnipeg at home in Toronto town. and Toronto. Do they win one of those games?
0: You have to say yes, right? Yes. Yeah. They have to win some, they yeah. have to win one of those games. Like, okay, so well, the road games are tough. Going into BC, going into Toronto. You feel better about your games at home, although they haven't won at home yet.
2: This the year. stamps play well against Toronto at home. They that's do. they they always yeah. do. So that's it's and weirdly the one where I'm like, oh, I think that of the four, they might beat the best team in the league who haven't lost a single game and just yeah. absolutely stomp the riders. But it's also just but, like history tells me that Toronto just lays an egg every time they hunt. Yeah.
0: Well, and here's the thing: Toronto's due for a bit of a letdown because I, I watched that entire touchdown Atlantic game. Okay, let's so, let's let's move on to that. Okay, good. And that that just felt like a team that was like the Toronto Argonauts feel like they're just gonna roll out of bed and win, especially a game against a team like Saskatchewan. And well, Saskatchewan, especially Mason
2: Fine led Saskatchewan.
0: Yeah. And the thing is, well, he, he wasn't that bad, except another couple of big, <laughs> big turnovers. And then they had a b- couple of big plays on uh, special teams, So the Argos get a couple of big, those big plays that really boost your team. When they, when you start playing with a lead, they can start just ball managing and, and keeping there. Their, like Chad Kelly did really nothing in that game. And
2: it and, sounds like he was a little bit hurt, but yeah. there was a thumb
0: thing going on there. But yes, right. I agree. And again, it's like, but they just felt like they were just, we're a better team and we're going to show you we're a better team. We're going to have those turnovers when it when is costly I mean, the riders they get down right to the goal line they try to punch it in they put the ball on turn like what that,
2: did john bender say we had some non-football fans there
0: yeah
2: and bender was like if i tell you that the stamps didn't get a touchdown and turn the ball over twice yeah what do you say in advance like that's all i tell you oh my god they lose yeah and i i mean that's the same thing here right? like, that's, that's like yeah. you look at the numbers and first downs sask 22 toronto 13 yeah. net offense 426 to 200 that's I actually like hadn't broken it down like this. Like I watched the game. Um, and I thought it was actually like in part just because the Argos were just like they, yeah. as you said, just never felt like they were they never under felt threat.
0: like they were in any jeopardy of losing the taking the lead. Like yeah, just, they just got out to an early lead. I mean it's
2: five turnovers to one turnover. Yeah. And then five sacks allowed to one. Well, and I think I yeah. saw
0: this like the other day. It was a turnover ratio among the lead and they were plus thirteen, and everyone the next best team was plus two, and it was like, well, which team's undefeated? Pretty, pretty yeah. clearly there, right? Yeah. That
2: defense is that defense is playing in, uh, at a very high level. Yeah. It's weirdly players that like I know, <laughs> like yeah, it's know. so I strange remember. being like, oh, remember when I told everyone da- Deshaun Amos was playing at an all-star level, yeah, and then he just no, stopped playing? Yeah, no, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. following well, he, he
0: was excellent in that game, um, and of course, and when you have an early pick six, you get ten to. Be able to control the rest of the game yep so it's, it's just oh, the way it goes get the lead
2: um hamilton, six, hamilton 16 ottawa 12 i will say to be honest like uh, the result of this one i thought is ultimately like
0: secondary uh, to the whole Evo mitchell story or? yes
2: and so i will just say and i am going to lead with my opinion on this um I understand why, like, oh yeah, don't have your quarterback in that situation. Don't do it. Don't whatever. It's also like I feel like that happens all the time and the player doesn't get hurt, so we don't yeah. talk about it. Yeah. Like Bo wanted to finish the game. He's been out for a while. Yeah. He went in. It's weird that they did that. Like it's like it's I, I don't I don't I don't fully... it's,
0: it's only a four point lead. You still want it you're still closing it out.
2: They I mean, could have knelt twice though, right? And once they could have just knelt.
0: But they were too close to the goal line. They were worried about giving up safety and then wall back. Okay, fair. So they needed to move the ball just no. forward that they could, you know, keep the keep the running clock going. Basically,
2: yeah. it sucks. And I mean, the Ticats did release a statement saying that Bo will be back this season. Like it's, yeah, a, he's got
0: a broken lower part of his leg. It shouldn't be something that's long term. But man, he's been through so much now. Like no. he's he's had now how many broken legs is this?
2: It's impossible to not imagine him retiring after this I, season. I, I right? Can't, like I can't he can't imagine
0: that he wants to keep doing this. No. Like, uh, I wouldn't want to keep doing this, like, and it's it's none of it's his fault. It's just yeah, it's just what happens. It's I mean, he
2: also what five interceptions? Yeah, uh, wasn't <laughs> yeah. He, he, Here's the thing: they
0: have five interceptions uh, and lose their starting quarterback, and right. they win the game. That's the thing. That's their defense was Every, excellent, too
2: so. everything that we said about, <laughs> about both Calgary <laughs> yeah. and Saskatchewan. I was like, well, there are exceptions to those rules, um, is, yes. but yeah, obviously, look, I have a relationship with Bo. You know, dates back many years. Um not as not as close as I am with some of the other guys, but um sucks to see. Man, I was really yeah. hoping that he would kind of get a redemption year. Uh, uh, I'm not I saying was, it's I done. Was,
0: I thought it was it, I thought it was in the cards and the way that they were like they, they pick him up, they've hosted in the Great Cup. It just felt like Hamilton going back, they lost the Great Cup at home two years ago in overtime. It just felt like eh, the so storyline it is written. Too, the storyline was too perfect for us, is what it was. Yeah. And it just didn't turn out that way.
2: Finally, we're speeding through them, but I partially wanted to get to this game um, because That's, the uh, BC Lions beat the Edmonton Elks 27-0. I actually am saying this seriously. And like, okay, I am not calling for Chris Jones. I asked John Bender. I asked you. I yeah. am sincerely saying this. It would not be fair for the league to say When you when you fire coaches, yeah, they are their salaries are go against the coaching cap, yeah. So it it basically is discouraging that from happening. Yes, it basically has handcuffed the Elks. So they have not won a game this season. They haven't won a home game in. I don't have the stats in front of me. It doesn't matter anymore. It's It's, too. It's it's a professional. It's twenty-one games.
0: It's the longest.
2: Um, which is what I thought it was. I just didn't want to get it wrong. I was like, better to acknowledge that I don't have it. I've hiked a man in. I've watched a football game. I've written a story. I'm I'm now recording a podcast. It's been a long day. Um, honestly, I am not calling for him to be fired. But, like, if it, if that rule, that stupid coaching step, yeah, cap fine. is handcuff, handy, handcuffing them to the point where this absolute travesty of a season, in my opinion, and I, I have more to say on this, but this is – Honestly, just let them do it and not have it count against the cap. No other team gets to do it. Edmonton does it. But like, we are literally so worried about that, that Edmonton, you're the exception to the rule. Sorry. I wouldn't mind that. Now, if you don't want to fire Chris Jones, I'm not saying fire him. What I'm saying is that it was utterly inexcusable for him to keep rolling Taylor Cornelius out there getting sacked. He looks like a defeated man. He looked like a broken quarterback. And, you know, I was on 770, and Jock Wilson played this clip of of Chris Jones saying we, we have to turn over every leaf. We have to figure out what's going on. I was like, well, you're not doing that, are no, you? No, your
0: number one problem is your quarterback.
2: And you have two other quarterbacks on the sideline there, and you chose not to play them? You chose to let this guy just go out and get absolutely yeah, you crucified.
0: Tr- you traded up into the first round. Didn't they trade up to that pick? Or they used their first-round selection. You on looked a, on a good last year and he, and they haven't played him. They haven't put him on the field for anything and it makes no sense. But so the, the coaching thing, the, the, the Elks came in handcuffed anyway because they had fired their previous coach. So he was hiring a bare bones staff. And so Chris Jones is doing three jobs because he can't hire more people because of this. Coaching you don't have
2: to things. change the rule. Just no. ignore the rule. Yeah. Just,
0: just and what, yeah. it may not be
2: Chris Jones. It may literally be saying, "Hey, if there's any old money yeah. that's being left,
0: just, it's it's, it's, it's off.
2: off. You can hire hire better people. Yeah.
0: Cut uh, off the, the money they still owe to uh, their last yeah. coach. And
2: just fix it.
0: Jamie Alizondo. That's what his name is.
2: And I get that. Yeah. Like a bunch of other teams might be kind of mad about that. Yeah. I'm like I'm not actually even uh, proposing I that I think it is a realistic solution. But what I'm saying is that we are. At the end with the Edmonton Elks, this is this is whatever rock bottom is. They've blasted through. They're in the magma of the earth. They are literally. They are so awful. They got shut out by the same team twice. That can't happen. You they didn't get into in the red zone.
0: Twenty minutes of football, you can't get one point in the CFL, and you you come out in front of your home fans and don't get a single point. Like it's just it's mind-boggling
2: and the players look like
0: absolutely just just
2: dejected i feel awful for them i feel awful for taylor cornelius i am so like i'm not actually i i've in the past i'm like well taylor cornelius we all just you know crucify 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 attack the quarterback always i'm not gonna do it man i just feel bad for the guy i think he's been put in an impossible situation that ultimately like is probably killing him mentally yeah He's probably got all his confidence gone. He clearly physically, he's getting a hit on every play uh, practically. They've
0: got nothing for an offensive lineup
2: there. Which, but like we've known that for. I don't
0: know. And, yeah, yeah, and it's just, it's just
2: like. I'm not know. saying the Demery here in Calgary is like the second coming of I don't know whoever the world's greatest <laughs> offensive lineman is, um, but he literally <laughs> was Orlando
0: Brown. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs>
2: but he was cut there. Yeah. Stayed in Edmonton for the entire year. Texted a Stampeders training staff to ask if he could come down and just show what he could do. Yeah. And like he was just there in Edmonton and then started a couple games for Calgary. Calgary has its problems. We spent most of this podcast talking about them. Can you tell him I'm annoyed about this? It killed me watching that game last night. I was all I wanted to do was watch Fellowship of the Ring last night. Yeah. uh, Because I was hiking. So I was like, i'm watching fellowship and then i but i was like not until the cfl games are over
0: yeah and um, well i i could only stomach i had to watch that i could only stomach to watch the first half i gotta i gotta tell you i had to turn it off i just couldn't do it anymore it's just too it's 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 sad this is this is the edmonton football franchise name change regardless has been a storied history of winning and,
2: in the house that hugh campbell built yes and toughness. the house that and, hugh campbell well
0: here and that's the funny thing it's and
2: it's rick it's, campbell it's, it's, it's rick
0: campbell in there going in there and setting this record but i mean rick campbell's paid to win football games and that's what he's doing and i it felt like that they weren't even they weren't even trying to they weren't trying to run up the score or they weren't trying, doing anything they were like this is kind of embarrassing and we're just gonna like run this down and you can tell they the fact that they ran the ball 23 times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, no, we're just going to run the ball. Yeah. That's how it's going yeah. to go. It was yeah.
2: embarrassing. And it, it stinks and it stinks for this league. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. Like the weird thing about it is someone said to me today, like, oh yeah, you know, the fans are pissed and I'm like the fans aren't pissed anymore. man. No, they, they've the given fan, up. They just, yeah, like, the fans they're are, they're defeated. the fans are apath- apathetic. Yeah. Like the fans well, are the
0: last thing you want. Like huh. You don't want apathy. Want I don't know how
2: you come mad. back from that as a organization. Like, how do you rebuild so, the trust with those fans who have said, well, we spent all this money and you put a terrible product that embarrasses me as an Edmontonian. I Like, how do you rebuild that trust? I mean, say what you want about the Stampeders. And I know fans. I'm, I'm avoiding opening tweet deck on Eric. because, like, man, <laughs> are people going to be mad at me? The best part today, yeah. today, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, you probably wouldn't have because you were. Not was, sitting was, on your computer. I was like, I had water and was yes, literally doing this. Um, I But a, I, at one point I tweeted guy. like on the second to last drive, a bunch of people just randomly wrote me about Jake. And I was, and I just wrote like, not back to them, but I yeah. tweeted. I was like, it's like some of you only watch the quarterback, like move on guys. It, it and then is, the next play he threw an interception. Yeah, and I was saying, like, it, yeah, I'm my, my run, timing. Yeah. Uh, it is
0: hard to watch the whole field when you're, watching on television i can tell you that that's one of the things that i when i first started going to games in stadium and covering games and was like no no i can see the whole field maybe i should just like expand my peripheral vision and see the whole field and try to envision what the play is going on instead of you know you kind of when you fans go to the stadium sometimes they just watch what the quarterback is doing because that's what they see on tv and that's how they're conditioned to watch a football game whereas once you start to expand your your vision, you don't want to watch on TV anymore. I hate watching on television. I'd rather be in stadium, obviously. Can't do it all the time. Obviously, when they're in Montreal, you can't do it anymore. You used to do all 18 games. but I'm miserable
2: about it. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> Tell us about it. Yeah. The the worst football team that I've ever covered was the 4-14 2004 Stampeders. They won four games.
2: That's crazy to think about. That literally they were starting the owner's son.
0: That was Uh, 2003. Okay. But in 2004, they were starting just a new guy every week. Like Mm -hmm. I think four different guys started at the quarterback. It started with Marcus Crandall and it was Tommy Jones and then a couple other people I can't remember. And then at the end of the year, it was Kahari Jones because they made a big trade to get Kahari Jones. That didn't pan out, obviously. But Mm -hmm. anyway, that is the worst football team that I've ever covered. In terms of record, two thousand and three was also bad. They were five and thirteen. But like that is that team would kick the crap out of the Edmonton Elks right now. Huh. So because they had Denny Crehan as their defensive coordinator, and he knew what he was doing on defense. Like, and again, I just
2: so. it's always awkward when to be honest, like I, I always when the, with the Riders last year, stuff like that. But like this is my podcast now. You're my regular guest. You know, you're you're a part of this. We are two guys who live in Calgary. Yeah. So like. I swear on my life, like, I'm taking no pleasure from this. Like, this is no. not a couple Calgary guys <laughs> I, beating. I, like, I, mean, I want Victor Cui, like, who I genuinely think has cool new ideas. I don't think all of them are going to work. No. But, like, when I, he's I, trying. He's, he's trying, trying, trying. And then he's being handed this. And
0: you can't sell a turd, Like, you just can't. No. And, and Taylor
2: Cornelius should have not been in that game the entire game. That no. That's the one I mean, thing where I'm willing to just come like, flat out and what, say it.
0: At what point do you just... Give somebody else the chance. What What do you got to lose at this point? I think we said this last week. It was like, well, why isn't Trey Ford just doing something? Run a package for him. Like the guy can run like the wind.
2: Ian, I am not kidding you. (laughs) If Chris Jones had just said midway through the third quarter, like Trey, I want you to just run in and just show me how high you can throw the ball. Yeah, just throw the ball as high as you can. <laughs> i don't care what happens to it you just just throw it really right. high like show me your arms catch, like
1: catch your own yeah, pass. right and throw it up like, yeah remember.
2: it would have been more productive than what it actually was <laughs> happening out there like i and i'm not kidding yes. like it was that um, bad
0: i'm thinking of nelson when he's quarterbacking on the simpsons and he just he's like oh this is terrible he throws the ball up he runs past everybody catches it in the end zone Dude. That, that would be if Taylor, like, Trent I, Ford could pull this off and be the nelson <laughs> of the uh of the cfl that would be- as you know
2: i grew up in toronto went to a lot of jays games as a kid
0: yeah
2: i literally will never forget i couldn't have been like older than 10 and third baseman ed spray oh yeah hit a foul ball the highest i've ever seen <laughs> a foul ball yeah and as a 10 year old i was just like <laughs> yeah i mean anyway, he was out the yeah. ball came down it was caught but yeah. like but it was, was up there uh,
0: for a while If
2: do that do that.
0: Okay. Um, so okay. At we, one point in time, I I was witnessed a we used to have a giant speaker in the top of McMahon Stadium that would hang over center field. Right. It was way up there. Yeah. And we would always talk about, oh, can you hit it with a punt? And they're no, 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 you can't. The only way to would be to throw it straight up because that's your only like your trajectory lane is going to be too high. So they so they were just trying to like sit like this. Was a competition with a former coach of the Stampeders, who was a former quarterback. Who's like they're throwing it straight up at the speaker. He got within probably about ten feet. Matt Dunnigan was the, okay. Yeah, I
2: was going to say because John Huffnagel is also a former. So that coach. was the
0: thing. Like we actually like somebody wrote the line, and I can't remember exactly who it was. It was like that's pretty sad when the best arm on your your team is your co- head coach. That was. I that couldn't was, write but, that, but it was like yeah. And they kicked said, me out don't, of stamp do challenge Matt Dunigan <laughs> to try and hit the speaker because he will. And they actually, rumor was Michael Bishop, yeah, I remember Michael so Bishop. Yeah, fans from long ago will know he had a gun for an arm. There was a rumor that he hit one and hit it in practice, and nobody has ever been able to prove that. Interesting.
2: Okay, um, I think we're. Note, yeah. No, that's awesome. I honestly like. Hey, tell me old stories about guys doing cool stuff oh, oh. man it was the uh, i got real I I got heated about them. the elks yeah um <laughs> I,
0: I i used to love watching brad sinopoli in practice he would stand on the other 35 yard line and they would ring it off the crossbar in the opposite end zone it was unbelievable um, to watch
2: um you have 30 seconds to tell me why the bc <laughs> lions against winnipeg blue bombers is not the best game of the week in a week that involves the uh, argos and stampeders alouettes and tie cats Redlocks, riders. No, there's no argument. I'm not actually going to make you do that. Of course, the best game of this week yeah, is great. BC at Winnipeg. Like we're, um, we're looking
0: at the like this is a West Final pre- preview, right? Like yeah. Unless something drastic happens, this is our West Final, and you're going to feel like whatever that team is going to have, like a, Winnipeg is like going to come is going to feel
2: like they have something to prove
0: right now. Yes. Um. And when that's I, that's at home for Winnipeg too. Yeah. So second time like that <laughs> bad taste is still going to be in. The oh yes.
2: Yeah i mean if the lions go in and beat the bombers at home that second time yeah that sends
0: for a second time that's like
2: a ding dong the witch is dead type of scenario that's it's not really i don't actually i like i like saying things that overstate how dumb the bombers are even though i don't believe it
0: promise to eat something if something happens so because i know you always do that
2: done that once um okay anyways <laughs> to eat a hat or that's a great game toronto calgary for obvious reasons as we've discussed I think is has
0: a lot of intrigue and i wouldn't montreal, not Ham- out the now.
2: montreal hamilton ultimately like hey hey man montreal's back in it hamilton showed they're not dead yet um there's now, some- they,
0: now they're gonna have to yeah. move forward with this other quarterback and
2: i don't like i wouldn't so. i wouldn't pick between I, I wouldn't put the riders above ottawa i'll tell you that no nope. i wouldn't put ottawa that much higher but like that's just kind of a middle of the pack game between two yeah. teams that have but lots of proof and
0: are improving I feel like all these games should be competitive yep we didn't have we had a couple of non-competitive games this weekend and that's not
2: true. i think that people would argue at this point that the two and five stampeders against the seven and oh toronto argonauts we should not be saying we'll be competitive I think the Argos are seven. No, um, it's just so. honestly the Stampeders have made every game that they've been in. It's competitive, they just can't win. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah, they're yeah. all close. They're not. Have they been blown out? No. no. Like they've lost two games at home in overtime that went down to one play either way. What I'm saying so.
2: It's um, been a good time. You know what else is a good time?
0: Fraser and Fake.
2: Fraser and Fake. <laughs> Fraser and Fake, man. What a sponsor. Honestly, thrilled to have them on board. Um, delicious, elevated cheese and charcuterie. Fresh artisanal provisions. Honestly, these guys are great. If you are looking for a charcuterie board or a charcuterie box, whatever you want, they have four sizes every occasion. We've talked about it. We might. You talked
0: about it so much, I'm just driving me nuts. I need to have some. We
2: gotta, we gotta have some. Uh, <laughs> all their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Their selections vary month to month, change all the time. Just because you've had one doesn't mean you've had them all. We love Fraser and Fig. I love Fraser and Fig. You haven't had Fraser and Fig yet. We are going to get well, you some Fraser because, and Fig. You know,
0: I, I'm, coming, I'm coming here on times where they're not open. So
2: like. yeah, and I haven't done a great job getting organized. That's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I get this. By the other time uh,
0: that I, I came up here on a scooter, so I was like, I, I'm not in any position to take a turn. Yeah, I
2: gotta, I gotta do it. I mean, so, again, it's available for pickup or delivery. So like, oh, there, okay. this is doable. Right. Um, and I'm gonna do it, and people should expect that of me. Um, you know. Anyways, this has been. Oh, it has been a day um it's yeah, been a it was a, a wild game. game i as i said if there's one thing that i will not back off on and people sometimes are like oh look i, I think with jake i'm not willing to throw you know no. to, to just say jake's done i think he's bad I, I don't believe that i think he's got some improving to do i think he needs to do it but he's a young quarterback there's growing pains i will say the stamps are in trouble that i'm not gonna back off on yeah, that is I, the that and, is-
0: and i was a bit more positive i think two weeks ago a week ago, so you, we thought they were going to beat Ottawa now. Yeah, I thought they were going to beat Ottawa and <laughs> I thought they were going to beat Montreal. And maybe I just feel like they're just
2: and I always thought plays away, yeah. I
0: but that that that's putting them a far way, way around.
2: And I just knew I knew Montreal in Montreal is a tough game, and I yes. so that's why I and thought you, were, you, you were right. needed and like
0: they have lost the last six visits to Montreal and. I didn't realize because I haven't been there in a long time. I just didn't realize it was that bad. In the late 2000s and early 2010s, they were pretty good in Montreal. So it uh, it's just now a six game losing streak in Montreal. And it's, I, I don't know. This one you just chalk up to. Like, well,
2: you don't want it to be a six game losing streak in the regular season with these four games coming up. That um, is it from, did you see how I segue there to this conclusion? oh my goodness we should talk about fraser and fig more probably (laughs) but um i honestly we love them thanks guys thank you fraser and fig thank you listeners uh we'll be back later this week um seriously thank you for listening have a good one
1: goodbye